This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. My outstanding production duo of Taylor and Cam along with us on this Monday afternoon. Lots of Flames talk in hour one, as you would expect, with the signing of Matthew Coronado. Sunday evening, Flames and Kings end off this three-game homestand in Calgary tomorrow night. 7 o'clock puck drop, 6 o'clock warm-up, all of your coverage right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. But the Dome was in use uh, last night, as it is most nights nowadays, with the little brothers of the Calgary Flames, we'll call them. They could be the big brothers based on how they're playing, but we'll call them the little brothers in the AHL right now. A 3-2 win over the San Diego Gulls for the Calgary Wranglers, who continue to roll this season. Now just two home games remaining on their regular season schedule before the Calder Cup playoffs begin. I thought it was a perfect time to uh, welcome in the voice of the Calgary Wranglers, good friend of the program, good friend of the station, Sandra Prasina, joining us this afternoon. Hi, Sandra. How are you? I'm doing well, Logo. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for doing this as always. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, is it still cool to hear yourself as the voice of the Calgary Wranglers? Is that It's cool for me as your friend to be able to be <laughs> like, hey, that's, that's Sandra. Not only is Sandra a great person, but she's also the voice of the Wranglers. Is that... Still cool to you? Um, that's a good question. Gosh, I mean, it's my job. Yeah, but it is—it's an honor because I was born in this city, so it is yeah. special to me to be the voice of something and in a building that I grew up attending. Many, many things, obviously, mm. everything from Flames games to Hitman games to concerts and whatever else I've seen there over the years. So it's always really neat making that walk across the catwalk and going over to our booth and yeah. just seeing. And of course, it's named by the legendary Peter Marr. So that's always really cool, just knowing how many games he must have called from that booth and how many special moments he called from that booth. So it is an honor, and I'm very lucky, and I certainly don't take it for granted. No, and we're lucky to uh, to have you as that voice and uh, lucky that we get to see this team on such a regular basis. And uh, I guess just take me back to last night before we dive into some broader topics. Another win last night for the group. Had to grind it out yeah. over San Diego, but that's a good win for Mitch Love's crew, a 3-2 over the Gulls. Bit of a mixed bag, but it's one of those points in the season where you are working on the little details to prepare yourself for the postseason, and they let in a goal early in the first period, first minute, and then again in the first two minutes in the third period, able to hang on for the lead. But I think at this point it's about finding different ways to win because you can go into a game with a certain game plan. Back on Friday, Calgary beating them 6 nothing cleanly. I mean, that was utter domination, kind of men versus boys mm-hmm. on Friday night. But then Sunday rolls around and you got a couple of milestone nights. Dustin Wolf celebrating his 100th AHL game. Clark Bishop celebrating his 300th AHL game. So you've got a little bit of that noise in the background. And then they were able to block it out, get to work. And San Diego, listen, they are last in the Pacific Division, but they're also still a professional hockey team and some recognizable names on that roster. Chase DeLeo, Glenn Godden, one-time yep. member of the Calgary Flames and a longtime member of the Stockton Heat. 
So those players, they have a lot of pride, and it's not like they're just going to roll over and let the Wranglers do whatever you want to them. So that was a learning experience yesterday, and Alex Gallant coming out of the lineup, so Mitch Love rolling seven blue liners and just giving everybody a look because with this addition of Rubens, who has really fit in seamlessly through his first two games, you still want to get in Yan Kuznetsov and just roll your blue liners because you never know when you're going to need to dip into that blue line depth once the playoffs roll around. And last night, uh, surprising nobody, but Matthew Phillips hits the scoreboard twice and in doing so retakes the lead for goal scoring in the American Hockey League. And that's a, a pretty important milestone for him. I know we're not done yet, Sandra, but for a guy that, you know, was away for the team for a portion and missed some games because he was, you know, trying to make an impact on the NHL team to now come back and fight his way back up on top of that, you know, leaderboard in the AHL is a very impressive feat and it's been a very consistent sort of season for Matthew Phillips when it comes to to putting the puck in the net. Yeah, and yesterday a really good example because the first goal he scored in the blue paint, he was in the right place mucking it up and one of those dirty goals. But the second goal, that was classic Matthew Phillips, mm-hmm. middle of the slot, gets it over the shoulder of the goalie. And that's what you're going to get with Matthew Phillips every single night. And I know I talk to people who watch the Wranglers and You know, they wonder about Matthew Phillips. Is he trying to do too much? But his role is to score goals. And that is his number one role. You don't need to really count on him to win on, you know, defensive zone draw. He's not taking draws. He's on the power play. He's doing certain things. He's on the top line to score goals. And he does exactly as advertised. One of those milestones you mentioned uh, over the weekend, 100 AHL games for Dustin Wolf. And man, did that ever fly by. Uh, first of all, that was the first thing I thought, man, a hundred games already yeah. for Dustin Wolf. And, uh, you know, sure enough, as with most Dustin Wolf stats, you look at, uh, a pretty successful hundred games so far in the American hockey league for young Dustin Wolf. He is incredible. He is absolutely the real deal. And I know there's been so much doom and gloom around the big club this year, just with the mixed results. And you're always looking for that silver lining with this team and you get one with Matt Coronado signing his deal on Sunday and then this is another one Uh, people always ask real deal will he make the flames can he make the jump yes because when you look at it Logan what else does he have to achieve Mm -hmm. essentially he's going to win goalie of the year back-to-back years you can already say that if I had my vote and yes there's bias there because I'm a Calgarian (laughs) and I'm involved with the Wranglers but who else is the MVP in this league and I know we don't see teams from out east and we're really focused on the Pacific Division but who is doing what he's doing in his sophomore year. There was no sophomore slump. Every time you give this kid a challenge, he just knocks it out of the park every single time. Yesterday, great example. He's coming off of back-to-back shutouts, one versus Tucson, one versus San Diego. He comes into the game maybe you know, looking into that 100-game milestone a bit, lets in the first goal. I know he was frustrated, but then he just gets back to business. He lines up for the next face-off, for the next shot. He doesn't dwell mm-hmm. on the goal that he let in. Same thing that happened on the second goal. That was very uncharacteristic for him to have a, a squeaker through the five-hole, yep. but then he just holds down the fort. His team gives him some run support, and that allows him to work with it. So I think if you're a Flames fan, you absolutely have something to be excited about when it comes to Dustin Wolf. No questions asked there. And then to, you know, we don't know what the postseason will look like. We're hoping that it's a long playoff run, but to add that to his resume, and even last year was, you know, wasn't exactly a short playoff run for the Wranglers. They got a couple rounds in, and to add that to his list of, you know, experience already, because I know 
it wasn't perfect for him. It wasn't perfect the way the season ended for the team last year. But I think for this group to get back to that spot now after the year that they've had, I think Dustin Wolf is only going to benefit from going to the playoffs again with this group. Sure, and you proved that it wasn't a fluke because if you think this team had a lot stacked against it going into this season, obviously changing locales, going into a hockey market, and I think we're a very smart hockey market. We demand a lot, but we also look to our players and respect them when they give a good effort. So that first month, that October, we're just getting some mixed results mm-hmm. because the team just like finding its footing yep. in this city and where do we belong and what's it like uh, every night you're playing in front of GM Brad Tree Living or Brad Pascal or Daryl Sutter sitting in his box and you know eyes are on you all, all of the, the time, time yeah. every night. And eventually this team, under the tutelage of Mitch Love, who's probably in line for another coach of the year, He's just getting it done with this team. The depth is showing, and he's able to roll four lines. He's got eight really good blue liners, and you know you have to pat Dennis Gilbert on the back too because he learned a lot of what he has done this season and showing it with the Flames yep. with his time with the Wranglers. But now you have other players stepping up uh, on that blue line. Love what I'm seeing from Ilya Solovyov. He's created such a nice pairing with Nick Simone, who uh, I don't have my list with me. I left it in the other room there, but... He's got about 10 points in his last six games, so he's turning into a great two-way blue liner. There's just so much to like about this team. Uh, you mentioned uh, Rubens coming in as a late sort of uh, addition for this group, but uh, I'm curious what you've made of Dryden Hunt so far as a member of the Calgary Wranglers because, as always, when trade deadline comes around and you see the Leafs and the Flames have hooked up yeah. for a big deal, and you go, oh, my goodness, is this is this staging for FNUF again? This is going to be incredible. And, look, people, uh, minor league deals happen all the time, and they have big impacts on those deals or on those teams as those season goes on. And uh, this one was redeems the Horna for Dryden Hunt. And as we heard from the GM, Dryden is someone that they've liked for a very long time and were very interested to get him into the organization. What have you made of, of Dryden Hunt and Calgary Colors so far? He's been great, and he's put up a lot of points. He's just fit in seamlessly on that top line with Matthew Phillips and Ben Jones. And I was kind of puzzled, too, because Redeem Zahorna, you you have a guy that's 6'7", he's a center, he can win draws. But I don't know if he uses his body as well as he can. So somebody like Dryden Hunt is using all of his pounds, all of his height. He's really good down low. He wins board battles, has a pretty good shot. And he's good at distributing the puck. You'll see that, I think, Friday night he had three assists. Mm-hmm. So he's really good at getting it done. And uh, I think for him, having the comfort level with Calgary, I remember listening to the interview with Pat when that trade went down. And basically he said during his junior days, came here, trained in the summer, basically fell in love with the city. Now he's a Calgarian full year around. So how can you not feel comfortable knowing I get to sleep in my own bed? And <laughs> Or I don't know if he's sleeping in his own bed because I heard whose house is... Yeah, he's renting out to Uyghur, I Uyghur, believe. Yeah, yeah, so... Mackenzie Uyghur's got his place, so he was talking about he's going to have to kick Uyghur out <laughs> and make him find a different place. But yeah, it's so funny how those sort of things happen and all of a sudden you're here talking and you're listening to Pat on that interview and he's going, oh, yeah, time with Mackenzie and Jonathan were great in the Florida Times and you go to the... How do, you know, those little things in yeah. hockey that always come up, right? And and you were right. Dryden seemed very excited to get to play hockey in the place that he calls home. And uh, I think the Wranglers will probably be pretty happy with the results they've gotten from him so far. Yeah, and showing some good chemistry as well with Matthew Phillips. And that, that's that line you want going 
Um, I, I like the top line in a sense that the center is really interchangeable. Actually, down the middle, this team has been very interchangeable, but mm-hmm. in a good way. And the only pairing that's really stayed together is Rooney and Sutter. They seem to have formed a really awesome bond ever since Rooney went down to the Wranglers, especially that was really circled on that Sutter 1000 game when they both had shorthanded goals yeah. and assisted on them. Like you could see that this this bond and this friendship was brewing between the two of them. But otherwise, down the middle, everybody's moving around and just fitting in. And Hunt has fit in nice regard. Doesn't really matter who's gone in on the center on that top line. Two guys that I want to talk about because uh, you, you can't get away from this team without mentioning both of them because Flames fans are so excited what they're seeing. Uh, the progression from Connor's area mm-hmm. at the center ice position. First full, not full year for him last year. I think it was 50-some games for him as a member of the Stockton Heat. But now looking at a full season, he's starting to find the points. He's starting to find that aspect of his game. And it really feels like you can see what Mitch Love talks about so much and adapting to the pro game. And then those sort of guys can shine, right? Those guys that have that natural scoring ability, really once they find their footing in the league, start to take that next step. I can't help but feel that way when I see what Connor Zary is doing this year. And I believe he's already up to 57 points on the year. He's having a great season for the Wranglers. A career year for him right now, and you're exactly right. I remember talking to Mitch Love, I think this was in February, and there was a bit of a dry spell for Connor. And I asked Mitch, what does Connor need to do? And he says, Connor needs to realize... You know, you can't pout, you can't slam your stick if you miss a good opportunity. You just need to muck, get into the dirty areas and realize you're not always going to score a goal on the rush. You're not always going to score a one-timer on the power play. It's about the nitty-gritty of the professional game. And Connor still has some of his junior tendencies. I don't mean it in a bad way, but that he likes the puck on his stick. And that could be 200 feet away from the opposition net. He, If he wants to stick handle through the center of the ice and split the D, he still wants to do that. But now he's using his teammates a little bit more and he's expanding his role as a a playmaker and he knows what it's like to play top six minutes. And for anybody that hasn't seen him this season, he's suited up in every single game. He's the only Wrangler to do so. And that proves that he's durable. He's willing to take the punishment, but he's still always on his feet and ready for the next shift. And uh, the guy that's gotten me to watch his game a lot closer, I always, you know, I chat with Lou to kick off every uh, addition to the show here, and he's mentioned Jeremy Poirier as a guy that he's been very, very interested in, and it's year one pro for Jeremy, and it's funny, a lot of ways like Dustin Wolf, a lot of the things that we talked about him being so successful in junior in have translated to the pro game. Now, that's not saying there's not work to do, but it's also a very good sign that some of those things, those offensive capabilities, skating with the puck, having that sort of confidence as a young player, uh, to go from junior right into uh, professional hockey. It's a very tough step for a very you know young man still, but he's done a great job of it. I know there's always going to be that talking point about him getting better defensively, but it is still cool to see him come in. It's hard to be an offensive defenseman year one mm-hmm. in the American Hockey League coming straight from junior, but Jeremy's done a very good job of that so far. Yeah, I think he'll be in conversation for Rookie of the Year, no question about it. And if you're looking for a highlight of him, go back to Friday's game, the second goal that he scored, took the puck from basically the half boards in his own end, split the D, and scored an incredible individual effort goal. I remember looking at Brian, who's who's doing the color commentary, and we were just dumbfounded <laughs> at what Jeremy did. He yeah. is 
phenomenal. And for him now, it's just about rounding out his game. You're not expecting him to jump into the NHL right away. No. It's it's interesting. If if you think back to training camp, Daryl Sutter actually kept him a la- around a little bit longer. Yeah, because, he was a late cut this year, yeah, for sure. So they see something in this kid. And it's all about him now honing. And the playoffs will be a real learning experience for him because he may not get as much space. He may not be able to wheel and deal out on the ice. He'll still quarterback the power play, but you fight for your ice in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a real learning lesson for him. Uh, the voice of the Calgary Wranglers, Sandra Persina joining us this afternoon. And uh, Sandra, two more home games left this week, uh, both of them against Henderson. And I'll get to the schedule in just a, a few moments here, but last chance for people in the regular season to uh, head down to the Dome and see the Calgary Wranglers before the playoffs begin. And I've noticed and I've been told by a couple of people that don't look now, but those crowds expanding and getting a little bit fuller every game here for the Wranglers. And uh, I was so happy to see that. And I'm sure you are too from a, a broadcast perspective. It's so much funner when the more people that are in there and and that. And it's a big thing for the Calgary Wranglers. Let's be honest, we didn't know what this was going to look mm-hmm. like. Uh, I remember going back to the summertime, having conversations with you on this station saying, that's a packed building. There's a lot of options for people to spend their money, right? Whether it's a Roughnecks game, a Hitman game, Flames game, you know, do you save your money for the summertime? Go catch Cavalry games or go out to the Okotoks Dogs. There's a lot of different places for people to spend their money. And the city's really starting to grab on and gravitate towards this Wranglers team. And uh, we've seen some more full saddle dome buildings the last couple of games here. And I think that's only going to continue into the playoffs, hey? Yeah, we're seeing 200 bowls opening up. I think Friday was almost 7,000 and last night was almost 7,000. So you're hovering at that mark. You're starting to feel the energy, seeing more and more Wranglers jerseys. And I do this little write-up for the Wranglers website every two weeks. And I have a little special section that's called like jersey spotting. Mm -hmm. And this is a good one. And I I guess I'm spoiling it. But (laughs) on Friday, we spotted a St. John Flames Martin St. Louis number wow. 15 it was a black i thought it was a blasty at yeah, first yeah. and then i saw the ahl patch and i was like who who is that yeah. and martin st louis wow. we've seen some good ones saw steve bejan we also saw and i think these are matthew phillips grandparents that might have them but yes. a victoria royals and then spencer foo who now plays for henderson he'll be here this week i think his folks come down and one of them has a kunlun red star jersey from his time in china so we're always looking at the crowd and it's just it's a great crowd it's a knowledgeable crowd tons of kids great atmosphere i think it's money well spent the tickets aren't that expensive and let's be honest i think this team could potentially have a long playoff i i'm here i'm knocking on whatever this is i'm doing it Um, they could have a long playoff run run potentially. So come come down. It's hard not to. I've just, I've noticed that more and more people, you know, friends ask, Oh, you know, should we go down? Yeah, absolutely. Head down. It's a great, Mm -hmm. it's a great time. And you get to hear, you hear us idiots, not you, uh, the rest (laughs) of us idiots talk about these guys all the time. Right. Poirier and, and Wolf and everything. Go see them. They're not going to be here forever. They're not going to be every year. Uh, in the playoffs and here for you to go do that. Go as soon as you can. Go see Connors Airy. Uh, if you've got a young you know, hockey player, a female, or a, a little boy or a little girl that you want to go and, and have some fun with, go to the Wranglers games and, and just have a blast because this is a really special opportunity to have these guys front and center because, let's be honest, you couldn't really get that same attachment when they were in Stockton. 
you could try and you could go on AHL TV and do your best, but it's never the same as having these guys yeah. in the building and a chance to go see them and potentially, like you said, see them on a long playoff run. How cool would that be in oh. the city of Calgary? incredible and for people that like what they've seen from walker doer that was a long time coming for him and yes. anybody that came and saw wranglers games they knew he was a standout i think that this game back i think it was in february everything's kind of a blur at this <laughs> point but it was february playing the bakersfield condors calgary was down in the game chipped away at the lead tied it and with five seconds left walker doer scoring the game winning goal that place that's the loudest i've heard the saddle dome for a wranglers game and then it's been buzzing ever since then jacob pelche i mean uh, didn't have the training camp that he wanted but he w put in the work he put in the work with the wranglers and now wranglers fans can be like oh yeah i knew he was gonna get that yeah, bump up to the nhl yeah. so <laughs> this is what you're seeing and logo let's be honest what else does Dustin Wolf have to prove? Nothing. I think really. this is his runway, AHL runway, unless he's hoisting a trophy, uh, a team trophy at the end of the year. I think the NHL is next. So see him while you can. Exactly. And uh, so two games this week. You got uh, Wednesday, Friday at the Scotiabank Saddle against Henderson. And then uh, before we let you go, send to this weird end to the schedule for the Calgary Wranglers here. There's eight games left on the season, uh, but the home games are done yep. after this week. You got six on the road. Uh, for this team, and I'm curious, uh, it's going to be an interesting one for Mitch Love to navigate this as you sort of head towards the postseason, because obviously trying to win the division, finish as high as you can, but you're going on a six-game road trip to end the season. It's a bit strange when it's all said and done for how you want to manage it heading into the playoffs. That game versus Coachella is going to be huge because yes. right now Calgary in the lead in the Pacific, but Coachella with two games in hand. Calgary still with two games versus San Diego, and then that three-game set versus Abbotsford. The Canucks have already clinched a playoff spot. They already know they're not making uh, getting a first-round buy, so maybe they pump the brakes a little bit, but Calgary still needs every single point. And I think that's a good thing because you'll be prepared going into the postseason and just talking to Mitch Love, and I said, is it really a good thing if you get a first-round buy? Because then you're sitting around mm -hmm. for maybe potentially a week waiting around, but he's like, then we can rest our bodies, we can still work work on the details and prepare. But that game versus Coachella, circle it on your calendars because I think that does decide first in the Pacific. Yeah, it's going to be a really great stretch here. Like we said, if you can't, uh, you know, if you don't get out this week, the next time you're going to want to get tickets is going to be for the playoffs. So uh, really excited that that's happening. It's been a great season for the Wranglers. Sandra, thanks for uh, stopping by, giving us the latest on the team. And we'll, uh, I know we'll chat. Uh, ahead of the postseason beginning. So thanks for coming on. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Sandra Persina, the voice of the Calgary Wranglers, kind enough to give us some time here uh, on Sportsnet 960. The Calgary Wranglers coming off a 3-2 win against the San Diego Gulls. Home games against Henderson coming up on Wednesday and Friday. Head to calgarywranglers.com for ticket information. And, of course, like I said, next time you're going to want to see these guys at home, six-game road trip in April, and then off to the playoffs for the Calgary Wranglers. So, Keep your eye out for playoff tickets. It's going to be a great uh, spring for the Wranglers. And yes, like Sandra said, you want to see Dustin Wolf before he's a full-time NHLer? Now might be the chance. Connor Zary, great season. Jeremy Poirier having a great season. Uh, the more the merrier. Head down uh, to the Calgary Wranglers game. They've been filling them up more and more. And I would love to see uh, some capacity or close to capacity playoff games uh, for the Wranglers at the Saddle Dome. That would be such a cool thing. Uh, in this city over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll take a break, come back on the other side, shift back to our NHL focus. We'll hear from Blake Coleman. Uh, he was the only other Flames media uh, availability today. So we'll hear from him, his thoughts on uh, 
Matthew Coronado joining the team uh, in this big game against the LA Kings Tuesday night. So we'll hear from him and take a look at some other NHL storylines across the league. That's coming up next when Sportsnet Today returns here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, off day today for the Calgary Flames, although it doesn't mean the hype train has slowed down any after the Matthew Coronado signing last night. In case you missed it, Flames Talk and Pat Steinberg with an exclusive one-on-one with the newest member of the Calgary Flames last night after he signed his contract. It is up and available wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Spotify, Amazon, your favorite podcatchers, or simply head to our social pages, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find uh, links to the podcast there as well. And uh, highly recommend you go check out Patch Chat with Matthew Coronado last night after he signed his contract. Some great perspective uh, on the young man uh, from the young man on his decision to sign with the Flames, his excitement level to get to Calgary, and uh, much more. So wherever you get your podcasts, go check that out. Flames Talk exclusive with Matthew Coronado. I'm sure you'll hear part of, if not uh, that entire conversation, uh, again with Pat this afternoon as part of Monday's edition of Flames Talk. So optional skate at the Saddle Dome today. No Coronado en route to Calgary. He will uh, probably be here later in the day. Expect to be part of morning skate Ahead of the Flames matchup against the LA Kings tomorrow. That's a big one. Flames want to finish off this homestand with a winning record. They finally had two days off in a row. Something they haven't had in over two weeks. As both of the last weeks for the Calgary Flames had four games over the seven day period. So a chance to rest up and recover and get set for this final stretch uh, down the NHL season. And lots of work still to be done for this group of course. But it all starts tomorrow Uh, Again, for this team as they look to pick up two points against the team that handed them their lunch last week in California. It's the LA Kings. Uh, Promise you'd hear from Blake Coleman. He's the last member of the Calgary Flames uh, to speak today, along with head coach Daryl Sutter and Michael Backwood. Lots here from Blake, uh, including that matchup against LA, a bit on Coronado signing with the group. Uh, Here is veteran forward Blake Coleman speaking with the media at the Saddle Dome Monday afternoon. Like, have you seen the Pride jerseys yet? Have you gotten to look at them yet? Or? Uh, just just signed the, the back of mine, but I uh, didn't really have an in-depth look yet. Mm-hmm. You, and, like, the team wearing them for warm-ups as expected tomorrow, what, what I guess, are you trying to show, or, or how important is it to, to wear those jerseys? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's tons of causes and uh, you know that have been brought into hockey, I think. Um, you know, it's a big platform, and there's there's, you know, an area for us to, I think, in my opinion, it's more just showing everyone's welcome. Um, you know, I, you know, um, you know, we have it in my family, and uh, it hits home for me. So uh, it's kind of a no-brainer for me. But it's uh, at the end of the day, it's it's more about just everybody's welcome in this locker room, and and we're proud to, uh, you know, to have open arms for people, and um, you know, but it's also one of those things I think. You know, people need to be able to make their own decisions in life, uh, no matter no matter what it is, whether it's um, you know in the room, what you're wearing, what you do on a day-to-day basis. I think you know that's the beauty of America and, and Canada and, and these countries where you can make your own decisions. And um, you know, so for me, it's an easy one. But uh, you know, I'm more focused on the game right now. And, and uh, like I said, it's it's not something I have to think too much about because it's real close to home. Did you guys have conversations about this as a team? 
Uh, not really, you know. Um, honestly, I didn't even know it was, it was probably night until <laughs> I walked in this morning and we signed our jerseys. And um, like I said, there's a lot of good causes and, and I'm proud to wear them and, um, and proud to support causes like that. And uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's more about showing that we're, we're inclusive in our locker room. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a small thing, but, you know, if it, if it means that much to somebody else, then obviously it's, it's something that's it's important. Like there's a kid on a plane today to jump from college to see what pro hockey's like. Can you, uh, can you explain what that sort of stretch in your life is like? <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's yeah. I'm sure he's you know feeling a little bit chaotic right now. Um, you know, I went and grinded out in the American League for a little bit, so I didn't I didn't quite have the experience he'll have here. But uh, you know, I'm sure he's excited. I know that um, you know he's obviously probably equally disappointed that they're college season's over I know it, it's really hard to uh to go out that way and um you know I did it myself so um you know I'm sure he's sad about that but excited for this chapter and you know to have the opportunity to step into an NHL room and and practice and play and, and be part of a team especially a team that's you know we're still pushing to make a playoff spot here so it's these aren't just fun games and and go skate around a little bit this is uh we're, we're here to win right now and um I'm sure he's excited about that challenge and opportunity and and uh, just another guy that will welcome into the room. Is it, is it like nice to have that energy similar to Peltier where a guy's experiencing everything for the first time and can that rub off on kind of a veteran like yourself? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, Pelt is yeah, he's an extreme example. You know, he's just he's a very happy guy, a very fun guy to be around. Um, but he, he is. He, he injected that youth into the room and, and that excitement. And sometimes you need to just be reminded. Um, you know how fun this game can be and and you know sometimes you get so caught up in the day-to-day grind you kind of you know forget it a little bit so it is good and I think uh, you know we expect the same uh, from Matt here and I think it's going to be a a good addition to our room and and hopefully he can help us here and and I think he will and um, you know at the end of the day like I said if he helps us win hockey games uh, we're gonna be pretty happy about that yeah how's the group dealing with kind of the, the outside noise and, and pressure and all that goes into this time of year. How do you feel the, the group's been able to block that out? Well, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, as any fan or any media member, um, I try to stay away from it this time of year, especially in, in spots like this, because um, everybody gets so high and so low, and it's just it's exhausting, honestly, to, to see uh, the depths that people go to. But uh, at the end of the day, all I want to do is focus on how my body feels right now, how I can be better uh, to help us win these games. Um, everything's going to fall where it will. You know, we we still have an opportunity to play teams that are ahead of us and teams that are in the chase with us. And um, so, you know, we're not dead yet. And I think uh, that's exciting for our group. Um, we still feel like we've got the ability to put on a run here. We haven't done it all year, so it's uh, it's a challenge. But uh, you know, there's no better time than now to uh, to get going. There you go, Blake Coleman, last member of the Calgary Flames to speak to the media today. Lots there with Blake. Uh, Matthew Coronado's transition to the NHL game that's coming his way uh, as he comes to Calgary after his season finished with uh, Harvard and signs his first uh, entry-level contract. Um, just pass this along as, you know, in case I don't see a lot of people asking about this. And uh, Pat had this information out on Twitter yesterday, but as you, if you missed it, uh, Coronado does not need to play in a game this season for the Calgary Flames for the first year of his entry-level contract to uh, to be used up, regardless if he gets into a game with the Flames or not. That will uh, 
lead him to being a restricted free agent in 2024-2025. And he is not eligible to join the Calgary Wranglers uh, for their season uh, this year. He can join them next year and could very well, and I don't think it's a bad thing if he does, by the way. Uh, It's a conversation for another day, though. Um, He can be a member of the team starting next season. So no Wranglers hockey for Coronado this year, but could be a part of their team uh, next year, obviously depending on what the team looks like. His training camp, lots to go into that, but like I said, that's a story for uh, a different time. Flames and Kings from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome on a Tuesday night, end of a three-game homestand for the Calgary Flames. 7 o'clock, Flames uh, and Kings means Flames warm-up with Pat goes at 6. Uh, Pat and Peter Labardius, I should say. And then at 7 o'clock, Labardius and Wills on the call right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. We're getting into that time of the year. Uh, on the NHL schedule, we've got clinching scenarios. We'll start to go through these on a regular basis here on Sportsnet today. And uh, tonight, two clinching scenarios in play for two teams that, surprisingly enough, don't even play. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Rangers can both clinch a spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, with different results. For the Maple Leafs, who do not play tonight, they can clinch a playoff berth if the Florida Panthers lose to the Ottawa Senators in any fashion. That one across the Sportsnet Television Network at 5 o'clock. The Rangers, who do not play as well, they can clinch a berth if the Buffalo Sabres lose to the Montreal Canadiens in any fashion and the Panthers lose to the Sens in regulation. So uh, two two stipulations to the Rangers, one there. They need a Sabres loss and a Panthers loss to the Sens in regulation to clinch that playoff spot. Leafs simply need a Panthers loss in any fashion to the Sens and they will be back to the Stanley Cup playoffs once again. Your scoreboard for tonight, of course, that Panthers and Senators game gets going at 5 o'clock. Same with the Habs and the Sabres. Um, Sabres still clinging to very uh, thin playoff hopes right now. They'll take on the Habs team getting healthier. Uh, Kirby Doc looks okay, I guess, coming back from injury. Hasn't been that great. Uh, um, no excuse reason, me? No reason to tune in to see the Habs whatsoever. Excuse me? Oh, hi, Taylor. How's it going? How, what, are you, uh, what are you talking about over there? I need Harvey, you to take... Harvey Pinard. I need you to take back every bad thing that you have said about the Habs. I don't know. I haven't said that many bad things about the Habs. They just I haven't been you. very good. I need you to take back everything you've <laughs> said about Kirby Doc. <laughs> I will meet you out in the back parking lot. It's gone from a Dan Fadar fan club to uh, quickly to the Kirby Doc fan club. It's always been a Kirby Doc fan club. That's fair. We're just trying to convert you here. Um, It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. No, it's not. Uh, Yeah, have some interesting young prospects. They uh, signed a college free agent of their own. Not a free agent, but a a pick of their own. Uh, Sean Farrell, centerman. Uh, He was a fourth-round pick of the team back in 2020. Uh, so Habs and Sabres go later on this evening. Like you said, those have uh, some playoff implications for the Leafs. And the Rangers, uh, Devils, and Islanders, a 5.30 start from uh, the Island. You've got the Kraken and the Wild, two potential playoff teams out west going at it at 7 o'clock. Avalanche take on the Ducks. That one's on Sportsnet 1 tonight. And the Arizona Coyotes in Mullet Arena welcoming in Connor McDavid and the Oilers for an 8 p.m. puck drop on Sportsnet West. So that's your uh, out-of-town scoreboard tonight. Flames fans really probably only going to be interested in that Kraken Wild game, I guess, 
if you want to take an outside peek at teams that you're trying to catch, if you're the Flames, you're still mostly intrigued by the Predators and the Winnipeg Jets, uh, although Seattle is, I guess, technically still in that conversation. As of uh, right now, heading into tonight's action, the Flames, with 74 games played, 81 points in the bank, they trail the Winnipeg Jets by four games, or four points, excuse me, with equal games played. Predators use up one of their games in hand on the Flames and now just have two remaining. Uh, they are one point back of Calgary for the uh, last spot looking in to the NHL's wildcard race in the Western Conference. Minnesota on top in the Central Division. Uh, Colorado and Dallas both just a point behind them. Vegas currently trying to expand their lead in the Pacific. They have 98 points on the year. Vegas uh, just ahead of two points by Los Angeles. Excuse me. Let's try that again. Vegas two points up on Los Angeles, uh, who have 96 points on the year. Oilers look like they are pretty well set right now uh, in that third spot in the Pacific, depending on what happens with Seattle. Uh, Kraken do have a game in hand on the Oilers and currently just trail them by three points. So I guess if you're an Oilers fan, you're aware of Seattle, but still in a good spot to potentially finish in the top three in the Pacific. As far as the East, we mentioned uh, the clinching scenarios for the Rangers and the Maple Leafs today. Carolina, New Jersey, and Boston have already clinched spots. Toronto seven points up on Tampa Bay for second spot in the Atlantic. That looks like a pretty well uh, decided first round matchup, which right now would have the Toronto Maple Leafs at home. Leafs, uh, don't look now, Lightning have lost four in a row. Uh, not the late season slide that we're used to seeing from Tampa Bay. It's dropped their road record to below 500, 17, 19, and 1 on the road for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who maybe are ready for a slip-up. We've been waiting to see if this team's going to fall off the pedestal the last couple of years, and uh, maybe this is the year. We'll see. Uh, Leafs and uh, Tampa Bay look like they're destined for a round one matchup. Still to be determined in the Metro, although Carolina's opened up a three-point gap over the New Jersey Devils. Sure looks like we'll see New Jersey and New York in round one in the East out of the Metro Division. As far as wildcard standings go, the Florida Panthers, the main threat to the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders. Florida, one spot uh, out of a wildcard spot. They have 79 points in 73 games. That is three behind Pittsburgh with equal games played. They have a game on the Islanders, but they are four points back of the top wildcard spot. So as of right now, Boston would take on Pittsburgh. Carolina would take on the Islanders, New Jersey, New York, uh, Rangers, that is, Toronto, and Tampa Bay, your first-round matchups, if the NHL playoffs were to start today. I wanted to dive back into this from the Flames' perspective, too. Uh, You heard it uh, in all of uh, the Flames' media availabilities today. Uh, Flames uh, showcasing their Pride Night jerseys, uh, which will be worn in warm-up tomorrow. Uh, Really cool design. I highly recommend you head to uh, either Flames.com or any of their social channels to check out their uh, Pride Night jerseys that they've got. Uh, The logos and pattern inside the numbers designed by a local artist from the LGBTQ plus uh, community, Megan Parker. Uh, The pattern incorporated flora and fauna from the Alberta prairies and foothills, arranged them all in a soft and inviting pattern, loosely based on the same color color pattern, excuse me, as the pride flag. Uh, They'll uh, auction these off. They'll all be signed off uh, in support of the CSEC inclusion program. Uh, Daryl Sutter saying he's expecting all members of the Calgary Flames 
uh, to take part in warm-up tomorrow to wear the jerseys. They are awesome. It's a white base jersey, uh, the Flames logo done up with all those flowers and birds like we mentioned in those rainbow colors. Same with the numbers on the side. And then they got the uh, traditional Red Sea on the shoulders. Taylor, do you like the uh, the Pride Night jerseys for the Calgary Flames? I love them. They are so nice. Cam, thumbs up, thumbs down. Massive thumbs up. They're winners. The Flames have been, I saw a couple people tweet this out today. The Flames have been, they're always, I'm, I'm biased because uh, Gibby and Tori and all the people that do this stuff for the Calgary Flames on a regular basis do such a good job. Uh, but this year they've just been killing it on these extra, you know, whatever it was is um, Chinese New Year. They did the the new jerseys there for that. Those were awesome. Uh, Black History Month in February. We just finished that one up uh, the other day. The Indigenous Night jerseys, which have led to T-shirts and hoodies and glasses and everything else uh, on the CGY store uh, website. They've just been they've, honest. I'm I'm probably missing some. Those Indigenous ones were killer. The indigenous I love ones. That. Yeah, I'm already Team Blasty. Um, but to, to kill it in the way that they've done, and they just continue to do so uh, all season long, and it only continues uh, with the Pride Night jerseys that they'll be wearing tomorrow uh, in their warm-up ahead of their game against L.A. I mean, I wish that more teams would put their specialty jerseys on, like, T-shirts and hoodies and stuff so that you could buy them because they're really cool. They are really cool, and I do like that. I am I'm for sure going to grab one of the uh, the Indigenous Night uh, t-shirts because I think that's such a cool design uh, integrated with the flames and blasty but you're right Taylor it's because it's tough the jerseys are such a big money grab oh, no, no, money grab it's not true they're a, a big gainer for these causes that they're doing and they're following up on and you want people to spend as much money as they can to support these sort of things so it's hard for everyday people who like the design and would like to Sported on a more regular basis. Now, the Flames do have other items. I know they've got socks. They've got a couple different hats available as well. But if you like that logo in particular, it can be tough because maybe you don't have the money to throw it out on the auction and get a signed Pride Night jersey. So maybe, yeah, maybe we'll we'll throw that in Gibby's ear next time. Gibby, give us some T-shirts or something for... For some of these. Like all of these or most of them are done by some pretty amazing artists and they look so cool and I want them, but I can't afford a thousand dollars for a jersey. No. And that's when they are for charity purposes, right? So is it worth a thousand? It's probably worth more than that when it comes to a charity aspect. So yeah, I'd, I'm with you. I'd like to see um, a lot more of that going forward too. But uh, if you want to check it out, uh, Flames website, their social media uh, Dylan Dubay, Rasmus Anderson, Mackenzie Weger, uh, modeling some of the jerseys that you'll see on the ice uh, tomorrow. Uh, and once again, uh, Megan Parker, local artist uh, with an absolutely awesome design. Can't wait to see those out there for the Flames and the LA Kings. Uh, people on the text line with major problems about it. I really don't care. Uh, I think it's a cool initiative. So you can keep texting in all you want. Uh, I'm a big supporter of it. I think it's uh, good on the Calgary Flames uh, for showing their support to that uh, community as well. So keep texting in all the the negative ones you want. We're gonna keep uh, we're gonna keep pumping it through here on uh, Sportsnet today. Uh, a couple days left. Taylor, you getting excited for uh, opening day for the Toronto Blue Jays? So excited! Ooh, it's getting close. We're uh, we'll dive into it more this week, but we're getting close. 
Uh, we'll have the uh, opening night broadcast, I guess opening day broadcast, I should say, coming up on Thursday when they take on the uh, St. Louis Cardinals to open things up. But yeah, just a couple of days left for the Toronto Blue Jays. They've been pretty quiet throughout uh, spring training, which we talked about with uh, Caitlin McGrath last year. That's kind of a good thing. No major injuries, no major storylines. Nobody has you know, lost a job or taken over a job in spring training for the Toronto Blue Jays. But um, for the most part, everything's gone to plan for John Schneider and his group. They fell 5-2 at the hands of the Phillies today. They're 17-4 and on the season so far for spring training baseball. So just a couple of days more. And we'll be talking about regular season action for the Jays. They've got the Phillies again tomorrow. And then before they wrap things up uh, and get set for uh, some regular season baseball uh, against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, last piece of news I wanted to bring here too. Uh, we'll talk about it later this week. I think we're going to try and get Andy McNamara on to have some NFL football this week. Lamar Jackson uh, says that he has requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens uh, and did so back on March 2nd, so almost a full month ago now. Uh, Ravens placed a non-exclusive franchise tag on Jackson this offseason so they can trade him to another club if he signs the tender. Uh, the deadline to agree to long-term deals with that tag is July 17th. Uh, despite Jackson's tweets uh, saying that he's uh, asked for a trade, uh, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said he's confident that Jackson and the franchise are going to come to an agreement and that they're building towards that future together. Jackson, just 26 years old, one of the league's most electrifying playmakers. Um, he was selected with a 32nd overall pick in 2018's NFL draft. He got two Pro Bowls, an All-Pro nod, and was a unanimous selection for MVP in 2019. 12,209 passing yards, 101 touchdowns, and 38 interceptions in 70 career games while posting a 45-16 and 16 record as a starter. Oh, and that also goes with 4,000-plus uh, yards and 24 scores on the ground for Jackson. Still can't figure out exactly what Baltimore's plan is here if they're trying to run Lamar out of town, but um, this doesn't exactly seem like a stable relationship between uh, Jackson and the Ravens, and uh, you wonder if uh, head coach John Harbaugh's confidence level that they are going to get something done um, actually works out for these two teams or not, because or two sides, I should say, because they've just been on different wavelengths, it seems like, for a very, very long time, and uh, if they're not willing to commit to Lamar Jackson, who, like I said, has an MVP award and has been their franchise quarterback for a couple seasons now, when, if ever, are you going to uh, to commit to him? So that's a storyline to keep up. Uh, we'll chat about that a little bit later on in the week. Thank you to uh, Peter Labardius and Sandra Persina for joining us on the program today. Thank you for listening and chiming in on the text line at 960-960. Thank you to our outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor. We will be back at it again tomorrow. Same time, same place on a Flames game day. Flames and Kings. That's tomorrow on Sportsnet 960. This has been Sportsnet Today. Here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.